Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio, but it's not on the radio. Hogan Johns. We will be perfect. Obsession. In every aspect of the game. Being obsessed. First down and goal. Howard carries. And carries it into the end zone. What a start for Chicago. First down and goal. Howard is going to pound it in for his second of the day. WGN Radio's very own Adam Ho. Ice drive! Want to lick? Psych. And the Chicago Sun-Times, Adam Johns. You got a mustache. Bring you Chicago's best Bears coverage. Second and goal. Cohen carries and takes it in. Touchdown, Chicago. That's corner Mugamara in motion. The pass is caught for the two-point conversion. It's Kwiatkowski. Obsession. My, oh, my. Being obsessed. And now, here they are. Perfection. The Adams. Yeah, baby. Hogan Johns. It's my house. And if you don't like it, you get the f*** up. What's up? Welcome in episode 210 of Hogan Johns. Back together in person, finally. We saw each other yesterday. Right, but this is the first podcast in it. In your office studio. A couple of weeks that I've actually been able to see your face. It's glorious, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> well, thank you. Feels good. <laughs> Feels good to be seen, I guess. Hey, I was just thinking like of the call there with the Mukamara going in motion. Did you guys do any digging on that after the Was that supposed to be Eddie Jackson? No. Well, like in the past, you know how many times he had, he was out there earlier in the year? Yeah, one of yeah, those yeah. So, so that's Lollipop. That's Andy Reid's old play. Okay. That Matt Nagy ran in the preseason against the Chiefs that Andy Reid has never run. I had forgotten, too, that that had got run in that game. Yes, yes. I got him forgetting the player that ran it. But that, that play turned into a Tyler Bray completion to Michael Burton in the preseason. For 10 yards. That's right. So, but you know what I'm talking about with Eddie? Maybe, the, the, I guess that doesn't really matter. But I just, I like to think of these plays on plays things. Okay. You know? And so I, I was just thinking. I don't think there's any play where Boots and Mukamar is getting an end around in that. I, oh, I know. But I'm yeah. just, you know, they set these things up throughout the season. And Eddie Jackson had gone in motion like how many times? A bunch. The, yeah. So anyway. Um and what Bradley Soul ran her out on that play. Yes, he did. Him and Nick Kukowski. <laughs> Lollipop. Wild. All right. Um, that's Lollipop, from the Willy Wonka. Lollipop. Yeah, the Willy Wonka playbook. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Joe Romano is back with us at Joey Joe Rowe. What's up, Joe? In the house, baby. Let's roll. See, I got this friend named Joey Jojo <laughs> Junior Shabadoo? That's the worst name I ever heard. Hey, Joey Jojo! You can read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. I'll have a new 10 Bears Things column up a little bit later today. We're going to talk about some of it here in a little bit. Uh, I think you'll you'll like the angle that I'm going to be starting with. ChicagoSunTimes.com is where you can... Read Johnsy, and you can search Hogan Johns, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, tune in. 
please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. Um, I think some of your stuff on Cody Parkey got a little, some conversation yesterday on the radio I heard. What did they say? Um, The whole thing about him, like he ran through the numbers. 87%. Yeah. I thought it would, yes. And he like, but he was including the extra points, right? Yes. Okay, but if you did that for everybody, 87% would be a bad percentage. Yes. Okay. It's just a weird, weird thing. He had it prepared almost. Yeah. He wasn't in the locker room yesterday. Uh, I took advantage of the situation and made sure to talk to him, but it, it was just unique. He seems positive. He was smiling a lot. I guess wh- whatever way he could spin it in his head that it to keep him That's positive. what he's doing. That's what he's doing. But that was a, kind of a weird argument. Yes. Not your argument. His argument. Not mine. Yeah, I'm just you, all you it did was there. report it. Yes. You can read that at chicagosuntimes.com. That's what made me just think of that. Our voicemail line, 312-222-5050. We'll get to those in a second. But uh, we have to sound the air raid siren because we got some big podcast news. You know, as we'd like to say on this podcast. Podcasts. It's like radio, but it's not on the radio. Well, this time it is on the radio. We're well, going not, on the radio. Not this exact time. This is still a podcast in, in its normal form. But Friday night, tomorrow night, from when we're recording this, whenever you listen to this, it might be tonight. But Friday night, think of it that way, uh, from 7 to 10 p.m. on WGN Radio. Central time. Central time. Johns and I will be hosting a three-hour Bear show. I know a lot of our listeners have asked for it and said, hey, you guys should be doing a radio show. Well, the Bears are in the playoffs and they're putting us on the radio. We'll see. Find out if God it's, help us. All. I was going to say, maybe <laughs> we'll find out if it's a giant mistake. Um, but anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. Three hours, seven to ten central time. For those of you that um, you know are not, we know we have a ton of listeners who are not in the immediate Chicago area. If you are in the immediate Chicago area, 7.20 a.m. on your radio dial, you can get it there. For everyone else, you can stream it live at WGNRadio.com. The WGN Radio app is a good way to do that, too. So go download the WGN Radio app. You can stream it right there as well and on TuneIn as well. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Yeah. We got some guests coming up. JP, Jared Payton. We'll be on. Yep. We'll get somebody in from Philly. Have to get a Philly perspective on this one. Yep. And Joel will be with us, too. So Yeah, I will. <laughs> there, there he is. <laughs> uh, so it, we're lo- really looking forward to it. It'll give us uh, you know an even extended opportunity to break down this game, which we will podcast it, too. But hopefully you listen to us live, mainly because you know we do the voicemail line because we can't take calls on the podcast. This is your opportunity to call. Yes, we'll have calls. We'll take lots of calls. It'll be good. I'm sure Bob Dabrowski's already going to be busy setting up his tailgate for Sunday. (laughs) But maybe take some five five minutes out of that. Oh, he's calling. And and call in. All right. So uh, we hope you'll do that. We hope you'll listen live. And uh, and it's a good way to support the podcast. So we appreciate um, anybody who tunes in on Friday night. It'll be a lot of fun. Should we play those voicemails from Sunday? 312-222-5050. 312-222-5050. Bears and Vikings. Bears finishing 12-4 and on the season and knocking out Minnesota. Let's hear what you had to say after the game. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? 
your ass better call somebody. The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. 312-222-5050. Go Bears! Foggy Cats, John the Bibbs, Jimmy, 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 Roll Go, Pop the Frosty here. I'm calling up in Minnesota, but I got a big bowl of elk stool here, kids. I'm going to eat it out of a Viking's horn. The Bears are going to win this game. I don't want to hear nothing about no rest. Okay, we're going to take this game. It's going to go seven and all from the last couple of games through, marching through to Atlanta. Okay, it's uh, Nagy's march to Atlanta. Let's get it done. Super Bowl, Super Bears starts next week, kind of now. Let's go, go Bear Down. Mr. Anderson calling from Philly. Cody Parkey sucks. Trent Steele from downtown. Bears out with the brooms tonight. Matt Nagy is coach of the year. Mitch Trubisky is the GOAT. Daniel from Omaha, Nebraska. I made the journey up to Minneapolis for the Bears Vikings game. And all I can say is I'm yelling, Bear down for the rest of the night. Let's go, boys. Woo! John Z, Hogue, Joey Joe. It's Andrew from Phoenix. I'm just calling to let everyone know that if the Bears need a kicker, I'm here. I did JV kicking in high school. I'm pretty sure I could do the same thing that Parky's doing out there. You know, I'll send a resume. Let me know. Hook me up with Nagy. Bear down, boys. Alex from Redlands, California. Hey, Kirk Cousins. You like that? You like that? Bears pummel the Vikings. 12 and 4. Eliminate them from playoff contention. And now Nick Foles is hurt and might not play. Oh, baby, bear the f- down. Woo! Chelsea and Patrick from Florida. And we just have one message for uh, Robbie Gold. Robbie, come back! You can blame it all on me. Ryan from River West. Bears looking mean out there. Every other team in the NFL should be terrified. Come playoffs. Eagle, watch out. Frank and Tampa, that's got one thing to say. Boom! Bear down. Ethan calling from Prior Lake, Minnesota. Went to the game yesterday with a bunch of Vikings fans. I'll tell you what. After halftime, that crowd was dead. The noise was not a problem. The Vikings and the Vikings fans have a long road to go. Right now, this is all Bears going forward. Bear down. Joe from Chicago calling. It's got done drinking the tears of the Vikings and Packers fans. God damn, this tastes so good. Bear down. Mike from the wrong side of the cheese curtain. The Bears drowned out the horns and the skulls, laying waste to the Vikings' big goals. And oh, what a feeling, watching Cousins fight feeling. Now bring on the champs and Nick Foles. A lot of parky angst. Well, it's kind of deserved, man. <laughs> First of all, it's a great thing that the... They've won despite him. The angst I'm going, not defending him. Yeah, I don't. It's, it's, the angst the going Miami into the playoffs, is, though, is yeah. kicker. Think about how far they've come in a year. Yes, kicker. yes, yes, it is a uh, But it is a big problem going into the game. What do you think of this idea that Chase Daniel hatched with the boom thing? Did you see that? Yes, yes. So some fans are starting to share it too. Our, our friend Greg Braggs. I think it's. I think it's. Um, they want to do it at kickoff, right? I like the idea. I think it can work. I think it's hard to get 
sixty-five thousand people on the same page when you know not a, you know we certainly don't. You're, you're talking about fifty-year-old men who aren't exactly tweeting away. Right, exactly. I mean, they're not on Twitter. They're not all listening to this podcast. They're not all listening to the radio. But maybe we should ask Matt Nagy about it. So Dion Miller puts it on Channel Seven tonight. Ooh, and all the the old timers get to see it. It's not a bad idea. I think it could work, and I actually think it could be cool. If you had everybody yell, boom, right, right as he's kicking the ball, like that would actually sound pretty sweet. Well, which game was it where he did? He kicked off and he slipped? You might have that again. Uh, yes, that was... A resounding San- boom may not Cody San Francisco Park. two weeks ago. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, well, that yeah. turf was awful. Yeah, uh, it is awful. Maybe we can get in touch with the sound guy, switch up the uh, kickoff music to P.O.D. Here comes the boom. Mm-hmm. Here there comes you go. the Boom. I don't think you could play it that close. Whatever we could do to get that PA announcer to stop telling everybody to be loud. Yeah. <laughs> he is kind Come of, on, everybody. You know what to do. He is kind of bossy. Get loud. <laughs> he is bossy. <laughs> he is bossy. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, got the coffee flowing this morning. I may have accidentally stayed up till 1.30 last night. Okay. Watching two Eagles games and the AFC wildcard game last year between the Chiefs and the Titans. God help you. I know. But continue. We have a lot well, of notes there. A lot of it is... <laughs> With highlighter. Well, a lot of wow. it is me catching up because my week didn't exactly... Go Cats. Hashtag yeah. Go Cats. I was busy on Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday's usually film day for me, so... You know what? We can sleep when the season's over, okay. right? Yeah. That's why we're all sick right now, but go ahead. I'm sure I still got more sleep than Matt Nagy last night. All right. Um, little background on this. So Monday, I actually managed to watch Nagy's press conference live uh, before the Holiday Bowl, and it caught my attention when he was asked about last year's wild card game, Mark Potash against the Titans, which the Chiefs had a twenty-one to three lead and of course lost twenty-two to twenty-one. Well documented, the game right Blew before it. he was hired by the Bears, and it, it opened was, the door for the quick hiring. It did. Um, it's crazy how that stuff works. But when he was asked about it, he said he only regretted one call in the game. And he said he couldn't remember the call, but he just remembered, you know, looking back, he hadn't watched the game in a while, but he remembered there's just one call. And I found the reason I found that interesting is not because all the criticism he received, but because he so openly accepted the blame at his introductory press conference. And this week, he called it a failure. And said he would learn from it and all this. And so then he, so for him to then go, oh, I only regretted one call, I was just like, huh, that's interesting. And it sparked me to go back and rewatch the entire game. We've all been duped. This has been like a, a widely accepted fact across the entire NFL that Matt Nagy blew the playoff game last year. He didn't do anything wrong in that game. I went back and watched it. I have all these notes in front of me. I think you should use those notes. So it's an impressive piece of paper there. They led twenty-one to three at halftime. So it's like yes, okay. They, Travis Kelsey was hurt when before that. Okay, took a shot to the head late in the second quarter. So he didn't have Travis Kelsey the second half. That's very important to note. The Titans start the third quarter with a 15-play, 91-yard touchdown drive that took up 8 minutes and 29 seconds, over half of the third quarter. It ended with that fluky Marcus Mariota pass where he got tipped back 
to him and he caught it and ran it in. Oh, yeah. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I do remember that now. Yes. Okay, so they kind of score on this fluke. So the football guy's already working against them. And that was with six minutes and 31 seconds left in the third quarter. And now it's 21 to 10. So this whole idea that it was 21 to 3, Nagy didn't even, they, he didn't even call play until it was 21 to 10. Meanwhile, they had built the entire lead up by running their normal offense. Alex Smith set a career high in passing yards in the first quarter of this game. They were throwing the ball over the field, and it was working. This isn't exactly time to start milking the clock. You're up 11. You haven't had the ball yet in the third quarter. You run what you're normally doing. This is where I'm pretty sure the call that Nagy regretted happened. They go three and out. It's third and one. He called a quarterback option on third and one. Play got blown up. Smith didn't even get a chance to pitch the ball, and uh, he was tackled for a loss there. But guess what? The Titans muffed the punt. So the one call that Nagy even regretted didn't actually hurt the Chiefs. They got a second crack. Unfortunately, they go three and out again. Uh, Didn't really have any issues with the play calls there. But Harrison Butker missed the field goal. People forget that. The kicker missed a field goal there in that situation. That was the third quarter. He only had six plays the call. Now, before they get the ball back, the defense gives up another touchdown. Titans go for two. They don't How long get was it. that drive? Um, that one was the quick drive. Titans scored on a 35-yard Derrick Henry touchdown three minutes and 17 seconds later. But now we're already in the fourth quarter. It's 21-16 to 16 with 14.06 left in the game. Again, Nagy's called six plays at this point. Now, the the thing that everyone kept criticizing him for was that Kareem Hunt only got five carries in the second half when they had an 18-point lead. So just by what I told you, that argument isn't even accurate because they really didn't have a 21 or an 18-point lead when those calls were be when those play calls were being made. Okay. All right. The reality is, he only had 11 play calls total in the second half with the lead. Five of them were runs. In today's NFL, that's balance. Yep. In yesterday's NFL, that's balance. He's calling a balanced game. And that was the NFL's leading rusher, was it not? That year? Yes. So, okay, so he only had five carries in the second half. They didn't have that many plays. Yep. Because the defense couldn't get off the field. And the Titans were just running the clock down even though they were behind. All of a sudden, let's look at the next drive. Throw, that worked. Throw, that worked. Run, that worked. Then a shorter run. And then guess what happened? On third and two, this was another call that people had a problem with. Because Alex Smith drops back and throws the ball. Orson Charles drops it. Orson Charles, backup tight end. Playing for Travis Kelsey, drops the ball. You know, too many times, would have been a first down. Would have been a first down. He drops the ball. That was the last play call Matt Nagy had in that game with a lead. All right, and that was still early in the fourth quarter. So it again, it still wasn't at that point. You have a five point lead. 
you haven't had that many plays. You're really not. It's early fourth quarter. It's not really like milk the clock time yeah, yet. Yeah. Right, so you're saying as much as he was blamed and has continued to be blamed and as much as this has continued to be a storyline, the Chiefs defense, not a good one last year. I just looked up the stats. Yeah. Got off the hook. Tennessee had four second-half possessions. Touchdown. 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 Kneel down. Game over. So the Kansas City defense last year ranked 28th in total yards. Hold on. I have more. Let's get some percentages on downs. 28th in total yards. They were 23rd in third down percentage with a 40.1% allowed. Right? Not good. So... What are you saying? In conclusion, Adam, what do you got? Well, in conclusion, I just I I don't understand a why he got so much heat after the game. Again, I'd like to point out he only called eleven plays with the lead in the second half, and five of them were runs, almost fifty percent of the plays, and yet that was the criticism. Kareem Hunt only got five carries. I believe there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine calls after that. But they were trailing then at yep. that point. Yep. Now you're in throw mode. So I, I don't get it. And then so that again made me think, well, here, what? why did he so openly accept the blame then? Because after the game, he didn't talk. Coordinators don't talk after the game. Yep. And if you remember Andy Reid... Kind of opened up the door to some confusion. Well, Andy Reid took the blame. Well, he had Nagy's back when he was asked about it after the game. He said, Nagy called the good ones. I called the bad ones. We'll keep it at that. Which opened the door to, oh, was Nagy even the one calling the plays? Yeah. So fast forward two days to Hallis Hall, introductory press conference. The first time Nagy is taking questions since this game ended. Since the Chiefs blew a 21-3 lead at home in the playoffs. Well, he returns the favor. That's what he was doing. Yeah. He's out of Kansas City. Why keep the heat on Andy Reid? doesn't matter anymore. You're not there. So he takes the blame, says, that was a learning situation for me. I'll grow from it. I'll learn from it. I promise you that. I'll use that as a strength for me with the Chicago Bears. Meanwhile, here in Chicago, three years of John Fox, you take blame for anything? <laughs> they had a lot of excuses. The admission of failure from Matt Nagy was, of course, basically celebrated here. Took the heat off Kansas City. Meanwhile, I'll admit, too, like, okay, he took the blame. It's not like I broke down every single play of that game back then. So this whole year, it's been like, oh, Nagy blew the playoff game last year. It is not the case. I agree with him that there, that that the option call on third and one was weird and questionable. Well, I'm sure every play caller, every game has two or three they don't like. Right. That was Nagy the first, said that actually a couple times this year. That was their first drive of the third quarter, though. Yeah. It wasn't even in a key moment, and they muffed the punt, so it didn't even hurt them. Yeah. A- anyway, um, I'll have even more in uh, 10 Bears things, but I wanted to talk about that because I just found it He's really... He's got a better defense to trust this time. I found it really interesting. Yeah. You think the Bears defense is going to allow the Eagles to go touchdown, touchdown, kneel down? No, touchdown, 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 kneel down. Well, if that happens, yeah, they're going to lose again. Yeah. This one's a little bit better. Just look at the numbers. And the tape. And the tape. 
Clomac and Akeem Hicks. We just go on. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey had some things to say yesterday. Some people are blowing it a little bit out of proportion. Uh, He was talking to Philadelphia reporters uh, yesterday at, uh, what do they call the facility there? The Link, right? Or is that just the stadium? No, that's the stadium. Nova. The Nova Care. Care. Yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Anyway, here's the uh, conversation with Alshon Jeffrey. It sounds like from talking to Pat, Chicago still holds a big part of your heart. Is is it going to be fun going back there? Like to the city at least? I love the city of Philadelphia. Yeah, that's what I Okay. I love the city of Philadelphia. Chicago is just when I was there for work. Okay. So is, is, is there any emotions for you playing the Bears this week? I don't got no emotions. Four by game and the way of trying, where we're trying to go. Yeah. You care you how you're five. received when you kind of drag out of there? Ooh, uh, uh, it don't matter to me. I play for the Eagles. So. Does that feel, that come with the nature of the business? Does it fuel you when you get when you get those bluebirds? It don't matter to me, man. It's kind of football. You had that game circled on your schedule last year. Does it still have, have, have meaning the second time around? Nah. Like I said, it's a playoff game. It's on the way where we're trying to go. That's how I look at this one game. Apologize because the audio quality is not the best, but that's scrum warfare for you. The, the thing that came out of there that blew up on Twitter was Chicago was just a place that worked. Yeah. Well, look, he's never been a verbose guy. Never been one to reveal too much. Has struggled to explain himself in certain situations. That's why we all get a kick out of him saying the sky's the limit, which he used to say every single press conference with us. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Um, this guy also said he loved Chicago a lot before he left. But obviously, the more I thought it through, look, he didn't leave here on exactly great terms. No. He didn't get what he wanted. Uh, a year before that, he didn't like how his guy Brandon Marshall was traded away. Uh, I think he saw the writing on the wall. Maybe he wanted to stay here. He loved downtown. You could always see him like jogging on, um, what do you call it there, the lake. Yeah, that body of water right next to the, the big one. city. It's called Lake Michigan. Yeah, the big one. Yeah. Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, it, it's just, it's Elshan. He All right. Look, I don't take anything out of there that's malicious. No. He, he, I don't he, think he is a malicious type of guy. To your point, he doesn't really do a good job explaining himself a lot. Um, it's just sort of the reality. I always go back to... I thought... It unique. Google the Dan Patrick interview he did when they didn't know what they were walking into. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. were just like... Like, because he just answered every question with, like, two words on the Dan Patrick show. Yeah, yes. Needless to say, it did not go over. Yeah, one of the best interviewers in sports journalism. Yeah. Um, But, look, he was trying to... He's trying to downplay the return to Chicago. That's yeah, what he's trying yeah. to do there. And he... It just sort of came out wrong. Yeah. Chicago's place I work. It's a it's one of those things that if you listen to it, it's actually not that bad. If it's quoted on Twitter, it kind of looks, looks bad. bad. I found it unique that he felt compelled to reach out to Ian Rappaport from the FL Network yeah, to clarify and to, to, to text with them. I got a kick out of it because do, do you remember the Adam Schefter story by Peter King in Sports Illustrated where Alshon Jeffrey was texting with Adam Schefter? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what's he doing, Alshon Jeffrey, texting with these national right. insiders? That, that, that's, that was Isn't it. that kind of unique? Yeah, it is. That, that That's just out there. He's texting with... Well, especially because that was on free agency day. Yeah. The one with Schefter, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, he should, called him or something. Should you like leave that up to your agent? Yes. Um... Here's where 
there really was no uh, doubt about what he was saying, though. This was from uh, NJ.com, NewJersey.com, I'm assuming. Uh, the field is terrible. I definitely remember that. But at the same time, it's football, man. When I was there, we used to always tell the equipment manager that you got to change the field. Get the field better. Always well, telling the wrong guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, Tony Medlin, fix the field. Uh, I'm, not dis- I'm not disrespecting them. I'm just saying it's terrible. So um, that one you don't really need to parse through. That's pretty much... <laughs> Come on, teammate, get out there. Come on, throw some grass seed. Get the <laughs> yeah. rollers out there. Come on. If Actually, the field's been great this year. Uh, it looked good against the Packers, did it not? Last game, that's last home game. It's been a month now. Here, here's the consistent word I've been getting. It is better. It looks better than it actually is, though. Okay. So I'll, I'll just still, leave it, it at that. It can't be as bad as the 49ers was. No, no, two, I don't think it's that. Ago, I don't think it was that ago. bad. That was bad. It's it's getting better. They changed the sod. Yeah, it's, I did not know that. Um, yeah, I'm, let's see if I can get the details. This was a story from a while ago. They changed like their sod company. Like the sod comes from somewhere else now, so it's it's been better. I'll just leave it at that. We can. It's been better. We can bring it up on our on our live radio show. Yes. Tomorrow night. Yes. Uh, and get more on that. Anyway, I want to bring that Jeffrey stuff to you as well. Anything else? No. It's time to get to this game. We, you know, uh, the good way, or I shouldn't say good, the more effective way of downplaying a storyline, Kyle Long did so yesterday, talking about his brother. Just didn't really want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Gave a couple quotes. I, I will say this. I feel like I've storied this long story, or we have at the Sun-Times we did it against St. Louis. We did it for a couple of days. We went to New England. Mm-hmm. It's been done. We did it two years ago when the... No, he wasn't on the Eagles then. I can't remember. Either way, we've done this story a lot. Well, last year he was on the Eagles. Yes. Yeah, they played each other last year. Yes. Kyle was in that game. I can't remember anymore. Yeah. Everything's just... It, it's been done enough. Exactly. It's, that's the point. It's been done enough. Oh, that's Howie Long's birthday on Sunday. That part's interesting. Ooh. Turns 59. Fun so. fact. Fun fact. Howie Long, Chris Long, Kyle Long. The poor middle brother. Speaking of that, let's get our over-under, because someone uh, gave us a good listener prop bet. Any kind of scrum involving an interaction with Kyle and Chris? Even if it's like him pulling his brother out of there. Remember that happened in St. Louis? (laughs) Like, they don't have to be fighting. Out of there. That was out of a fight. Just kind of pushing and shoving anything, them, them talking smack. I bet you get a playful big brother noogie like situation where he like comes around and smacks him on the behind or something like that playfully after the play i'm gonna set it at one and a half okay because i'm sure it'll happen in the game the question is do the cameras catch it but it's a playoff game but you you, you just you don't want them going head to head like some type, type of stunt and, and chris comes inside no you don't want that you want no it, that could oh yeah not just like a football play no no forget, no, forget like that yeah, like, forget the football play a, after the whistle <laughs> okay okay after the whistle yeah okay yeah like if if Chris is on top of Mitch or something, because you know Kyle does not like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that would count. That would be good. That that would definitely count. Um, all right, should we get to previewing this football Let's game? Let's do it. Eagles, the six seed. Bears, the three seed. Three forty Sunday on NBC. This is the last game. It's kind of the the 
big window. The ratings on this game are going to be massive, by the way. Philadelphia, Chicago already, you know, that when these two teams meet, it's often in prime time uh, because it's good for the, the numbers. Now you're putting it in the late afternoon window on Sunday. The ratings are going to be ridiculous. Um, Bears are a six-point favorite. Open at five and a half. Lar- largest spread of all the first round games. Yeah, the other ones are relatively close. More than uh, this is a game we'll talk about in a few minutes. Bama. The Bears are favored by more than Alabama is. Come on. Yeah. It's shocking. It wouldn't be shocking if you had read what I re- sent you via email. But you're shocked. <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> you know me in email. <laughs> yeah. You know me in emails. Yes. Get in line. Get in line. Get in line on the email chain. Yeah. Sometimes I like respond to interview requests like a week later. Sorry, man. I just missed it. I'm a jerk. Eh, it happens. There's a lot of emails, though. What's your big question? How will Trubisky respond? It's, it's so cliched almost. Is it not? How will he handle the moment? And people are overanalyzing it because we don't know. This is our first opportunity to see him in a moment. You could compare it to the Rams game. He stunk. But he was also coming back after missing two games. You could compare it to the Vikings game. He was good. On the road. Loud environment. Why is Pat Finley calling me? Ruining our mojo here. He, he should know we're recording He should know. Right now. It hasn't changed all season, Pat. That's it. I feel like it's almost a cliche like question but how is he going to handle everything I, that, to me that that's everything he's going to have to make some plays he's going to have to make some third down throws again yeah i'm gonna make it a little bit simpler though okay if the defense comes to play there's no way they lose they could even stomach a couple turnovers for mitch okay we saw that against the rams i think that rams game proved that the bears could actually win a big game Without him. Without him playing all that well. Now, I wouldn't want to go into L.A. next week and have that same situation unfold, and certainly not against New Orleans in two weeks if that, if that game happens out there in what will be a really tough environment. But that being said, against this Eagles team, you can get away with a, with a couple mistakes here. So, and at this point, there's no reason to doubt this, but as long as the defense... Continues to play like it has, stifling the Vikings last week in a game they had to have. I, I just I, do they play to that level? That's I, your question. I, Defense? I, do they play to that level? Do they play to that level? If they do, the Bears win. And, and I hate to just simplify it, but that's kind of what this defense has created here. Yeah. Well, they've been at that level for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. And if Eddie Jackson is back, it's going to go to another level, a little boost. They're exceptional, man. They're exceptional. All three levels right now. People people are even... Like, Roquan Smith isn't a story, but he was one of the best rookies in the NFL this year. I know he's not getting a lot of buzz rookie of the year. I get it. A lot of other good rookies out there, Derwin James, Darius Leonard. Yeah. But he's the leading tackler on by far the best defense in the league. Think about that. He's He's been a lot better than what he's gotten credit for. There's no question. And I, I think the the positive thing for the Bears is he's I mean he's he's actually been the definition of getting better each and every game. Yeah. It's such a cliche, 
that coaches throw out there all the time. We're full of cliches today. But if you go back yes. and, and through Roquan's season, I mean, he really has. He, there's some struggles early, especially in coverage. It hasn't been perfect, but he's gotten better now every he just, week. Now he just seems everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Leonard Floyd at times seems everywhere. He's gotten better throughout this year. Give that man his fifth year option. Oh, he's got to get it at this point, right? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let's do this thing. Bold predictions. Jordan Howard. Oh, God. You love to <laughs> go right back to the well. Why not? I don't know. Well, I guess why not? Okay. Okay. He's going over 100 again in two touchdowns. He's, he's going to repeat what he did against the Vikings. Similar game. Wow. Reason? Why not? <laughs> I, I think they it's got... a pretty good defensive front. I know, I know. And they've been outstanding against the run the past three weeks. Outstanding. But they're still not the same top five defense from last year. Okay. They were real good defensively last year. Kind of an underrated part of their Super Bowl run, how good their defense was. It's not the same. Good front. Very good front. Some youth playing. But in terms of playing power football, in terms of sending a statement, sending a message, Jordan Howard is that guy for the Bears offense, and they do it again. I'm going to give a couple bold predictions. Okay. One is <laughs> Khalil Mack scores a touchdown. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, okay. How? I don't know. Does it doesn't matter? He's a defensive player. He's going to score a touchdown. Uh, the Matt Nagy unveils his Khalil Mack specialty. Here's a little bit bolder. I, I think Leonard Floyd is a huge game. Uh, I'm going to say two sacks because that's... I know it doesn't sound like a lot. That's big for him, though. He doesn't rack up a whole lot of sacks. Yeah, unless it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, the reasoning for that, though, was watching the Eagles and... Uh, Texans game from a couple weeks ago. They have a nice combination. They did a good job of holding the Texans in check. J.J. Watt and Clowney. Well, they were worried about Watt. Clowney was a monster that entire game. I mean, he was all over the field. So, I look at that, and I think the Bears on the interior have better players than even the Texans do. It's true. Like, across the line, you had Akeem Hicks in there. They're, it's just it's too tough of a matchup. For the Eagles, so I think I think um, Cleo Mack and Leonard Floyd both have a really good day, but it's bold prediction. So touchdown, Cleo Mack. Okay, there I am. Strack, strack, yeah, sack, strip. There we go. There you go. we got it out. Predictions. Predictions. I've been kind of playing with the score here a little bit. Twenty six seventeen, but I don't think the Eagles score two touchdowns. So maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe 24-13. That's what I was going to say. Okay, look at this synergy. We can synergy. agree. Well, well, synergy. I don't know that we've ever done that. No. Okay. I don't I don't see them scoring two touchdowns. I see them moving the ball. Zach Ertz is going to be a problem. Elshon Jeffrey will get his. Maybe two or three of his. Not a lot, but he'll show up. I just can't see them having a ton of success. Like you said. Yeah. I mean, Cleo Max is going to score a touchdown. Well, that's going to be one of the touchdowns. That that would two offensive touchdowns. That's and uh, Cody Parkey field goal. Does yeah. he miss a field goal? No, I think he has a clean day. I think he misses a kick in this game. 
whether it's an extra point or a field Does goal. he hit the upright for the sixth time this season? <laughs> I don't know. It's uncanny. It's unbelievable. By the way, Jake Elliott, though, missed an extra point against the Texans yeah. a couple weeks it ago. It happens. It happens. Um, you know, when, couple, um, when Parkey had his rough day against Detroit, he uh, hit the post four times. The next week, they played Minnesota in the night game, and for all the touchdowns that the Bears scored, they went for two. Do you see anything like that happening with... Uh, you know, Nagy's game plan going well, into Sunday? Well, well, the, well here's a, the funny thing is the Eagles actually lead the league, I think, in two-point tries and fourth-point tries or fourth-down or fourth down conversion attempts. Yeah. So there could be a lot of gambles in this game just in terms of the aggressive coaches and, you know, how creative they could be offensively. I think it's a great question, Joe. It's something I've been wondering. Um I kind of wanted to bring it up with Nagy yesterday, but obviously he's not going to answer that type of question. You know, is he going to go for two? So... I think it's I think it's interesting, and and I think this Cody Parkey situation is worth monitoring. If they if they adjust, um, is there a fourth down situation that you usually just kick the field goal where he's going to go for it? I could see that happening, and two point conversions might make sense. Couple of reasons why I think the Eagles are going to struggle offensively in this game. Um, against the Rams. Which was a great win for them. They win thirty to twenty three back on December sixteenth. Do you realize how poorly the Rams played in that game? I mean, they flat out sucked. Here's the mistakes the Rams made in the second half. And oh, by the way, Todd Gurley was dealing with a knee injury in that third quarter. Well, he's dealing with it in the whole second half. They fell behind by ten points with him on the bench in the third quarter, though. That's when the Eagles made their move when Gurley wasn't playing. All right. Um there's an idiotic interception by Jared Goff. I don't know if you remember that play. He just kind of bobbled the snap, fell down, got up, and for some reason threw the ball. And it just like bounced off three bodies in front of him and was picked off. Corey Graham picked it off. They turned that into a touchdown. Uh, and and that was that was when they go up thirty to thirteen. The Rams went tried to do a fake punt in their own territory. Didn't get it. Nick Foles actually ended up throwing the interception after that. Uh, then they had the JoJo Natson punt return fumble when they were down seven with 2.51 left in the game. They still had another chance, and Todd Gurley didn't get out of bounds like, in like the final seconds. And they had to just like basically throw a Hail Mary after that. I mean, they played, the Rams played horrible in that second half. They still had a chance. Um, so it's a great win for the Eagles. I don't mean to like minimize what they did on the road in such a big game, but it, it was it was pretty ugly. And then if you watch the game against the Texans, uh, Sean Watson was able to escape and run, get out of the grasp of the Eagles defenders. I mean that that Trubisky's going to be able to use his legs in this game. Yeah, and that's a factor. Watson had two rushing touchdowns in that game. So I, I just I think overall this is a good matchup for the Bears. I think they cover the six. I think they win comfortably. Bears go to LA. You telling me they shouldn't have not let the the, the Vikings win? I yeah. I know. I, I, I was t- I'm tired of that conversation. Wrong guy to argue with on that one. Yeah. No, I'm not arguing it. I'm just tired of that conversation. <laughs> All right, Joe. What are you thinking on this game? I got uh, twenty four thirteen Bears. <laughs> 
No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but pretty close. I think you know you guys have hit all the all the points that I wanted to on the head. Obviously, the big question going into the game is uh, Trubisky in his first playoff game and Nagy in full control of the team for his first playoff game. But I don't, I think the home crowd you know comes to play. They'll they'll boom from the kickoff and uh, win twenty to ten. Cover the spread. Uh, no missed field goals. Trubisky plays okay and uh, they move on to L.A. next week. Business as usual. Let's go. Boom. Got to add that to the soundboard. Something like that. All right. We'll move on. Do your research. So we're going to pick the other three playoff games in the national championship game on Monday. Uh, We'll move through these relatively quickly. We got to get to Hal's Hall. Um, Playoffs. If if you would like more and a longer episode, tune in tomorrow night on Friday on WGN Radio. Uh, Okay. The Colts are the sixth seed in the AFC. They go to Houston, the number three seed. The Texans are only a one and a half point favorite here at home. 335 Saturday on ABC, so it's the first game of the weekend. Texans are my dark horse in the AFC. Really? Like, I, I think they can make a serious run. Hmm. Serious run. Okay. At least the AFC Championship. So, obviously, I'm going here. I, I, I think the Texans, I, I like what the Colts have done. Andrew Luck is back. But I think the Texans almost went handily here. Really? Yes. I like the Colts. They're on a roll. Um, they were one in five at one point. It's amazing they've made it all the way here. Uh, didn't they win nine in a row? Is that yeah? They had, they had a good run, something like eight, that. Eight in a row, maybe. Yeah, it, uh, but the, they, um, you know, to go on the road at night and beat the Titans, I was impressed by that. Good prep for this game. The Texans have. You know, I predicted them to win the AFC South. I appreciate them turning around their season. They also had a run where they won nine in a row. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't pretty, a lot of those games. Right. And it's about peaking now. I wasn't terrible. You know, I just happened to be watching that Eagles-Texans game last night. I wasn't terribly impressed with the Texans. So That's I'm going to take the Colts in an upset here. I actually think they win the game outright. Since they're getting a point and a half, I'll take the Colts. Joe? Yeah, I'm going to lay the points. This is actually uh, it, it's been a good punch counter punch from the from these two teams. They each won by by a field goal at uh, the other guy's house. Um, Houston was on the ropes. They were 0 three. Indianapolis went to Indianapolis, won in overtime, and then uh, they the Texans went on that nine game run, and then Indianapolis won by a field goal in Houston recently. Um, it's it's a tough tough game to call, but I'm I'm going to go with the home team um, laying just the one point. I, I feel comfortable enough to for them to cover that. This package just continues to grow and grow, Joe. Jason Witten will be on that call, by the way. Oh, mini rant time, by the way. You know what the best part of the national championship is the coaches uh, roundtable thing they do with the all twenty two during the during game. the game. Yeah. So I I I watch the game live, but I always record that every year, and I go back and watch it just to learn about football. It is so good. You have five head coaches in college football all talking about a game that's happening. Who's on live. it now this year? Joe Tessitore, Jason Witten, Booger McFarland, and Todd McShay. No, in the roundtable. Wait, that's your answer. They got rid of it. It got announced today. They got, they're got they not doing the Ooh, coaches thing. I did not know that. And they're instead doing a Monday night football broadcast on the side. Three guys who have been covering pro football all season long. Yeah. Todd McShay will know what he's talking about. but And Tessitore is great on college football. I love him. But Booger and Witten. The point is, 
You're taking the best part of that championship game and replacing it with a Monday night crew that hasn't been that great this year. Yeah, bad decision. Another note, they're taking Booger out of the the Booger Mobile again. Yeah. He's going back up to the booth. Good. Which was a good call because when he was in the booth for that game two weeks ago, it was a much better broadcast. So the Booger Mobile. The Booger Mobile. All right. We move on. Saturday night, the five seed Seattle Seahawks. They go to Dallas, the four seed Dallas Cowboys. One and a half point favorites. Another one and a half point yeah, spread. Here, here's my upset. Ooh, okay. Seahawks. Well, that would be the upset, yeah. Seahawks. Do you want analysis? A little bit, yeah. Give me Russell Wilson over Dak Prescott. I get that the the Cowboys have this young, up-and-coming defense. Their linebackers are great. Everybody's calling Leighton Van Der Esch, the next Brian Urlacher. Whatever. Give me Russell Wilson in a playoff game. The Leighton Van Der Esch, Brian Urlacher thing is kind of ridiculous. They're just white dudes. Like Ro- Roquan's actually having a more similar Urlacher rookie season than Van Der Esch is. I don't Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I like the pick. You can't really trust the Cowboys in the playoffs. By the way, this is 7-15 Saturday night on Fox. Um I like I, I like it. I, I like where your head's going here because it's the the quarterback. I, I'd much rather take Russell Wilson in this situation. Seattle has a pretty good defense. They've exceeded expectations all year they long. They run the ball well. They do run the ball well. And I'm still just not quite on that cowboy bandwagon yet. So since Seattle's getting a point and a half here, I will also take the Seahawks. Seahawks uh, got got the Cowboys pretty good back on uh, September 23. They won 24 to 13. Uh, but I like the Cowboys at home. You know, since acquiring Amari Cooper, they are six two and one against the spread. They're just a better offense. I mean, it, you, they, t- teams cannot just load the box against Zeke. I think Zeke has a big game. Um, I, and I, to go back to the last podcast that you guys had, where um, John Z, you talked about you know going for the throat, and in a game that was completely meaningless, the Cowboys were locked into the four seed. You saw Dak Prescott play the entire game and have a game-winning drive on the road. I think it showed some um, some tenacity by by the, the entire organization to go for it like that against a division rival. And uh, I think they ride that momentum into the playoffs and get the win at home. We use the word Oski. All right. The last game of the week, well, that we're picking. It's not really in order, but this will be the noon game Sunday on CBS. The Chargers go across the country, face a team they lost to at home a couple weeks ago. The Baltimore Ravens have a great defense, but the Chargers have the better record. It's kind of weird that they, you know, they 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 were so close to having the one seed, and instead they have the five seed. So it was a weird matchup, and the Ravens are two and a half point favorites in this game. But the question is, where do you stand on Lamar Jackson? Um, I, I generally believe at some point the running ends for quarterbacks. Well, here's one thing I saw. It was on Twitter, and I think it was Mike Florio and Chris Sims. They did like a draft of the quarterbacks there in the playoffs, and Trubisky was second to last, and Lamar Jackson was taking like four picks ahead of him. Like, I just I don't understand. I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, Jackson's electric and. I always said like he's worth drafting because there's gonna be a he's gonna be a weapon. Yep. Somehow, even if he's not 
an outstanding NFL quarterback. Well, he's a better passer than I think some people give him credit for. But I agree. These defenses at this point, and the Chargers have a pretty good one, but these defenses at this level, most of them, not all of them, have speed and the coaching to, to eliminate mm-hmm. some of those zone read, read option stuff that, that they're using. I like the Chargers in this Me game. Too. Me I, too. I think it's uh, sort of the revenge factor, too. They lost this team a couple weeks ago in a game they need to win. Um, I don't really care that they're flying across the country. The Ravens' defense is good, though. That's the that's the one problem. But I'll still take Phillip Rivers. I think what the char- the Chargers' body of work this year is pretty impressive. And I'm going to take, I almost called them San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers. We're just there. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with the Chargers, too. I just think, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson has played a few teams twice this season, but this will be the first team that he's started against for a second time, and I think that's going to be a big advantage for the Chargers. Um, it's it's not that I don't have faith in him growing as a quarterback, but I think in his first playoff game, I'm going to go with the uh, the gunslinger. I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers to go in there and get the win in uh, in Baltimore. I'd like to see him get his hands on more balls. All right. The last game, Monday night. College National Championship. Clemson and Alabama. Here we go again. At least this is, you know, you get kind of tired of rematches sometimes, but these are the two best teams. Yeah, they were the and, best by far all year. And I'm excited to watch Trevor Lawrence. He, he, he He's exceptional. What a freshman he is. Uh, Alabama is a five and a half point favorite. It's gone down a little bit. 7 p.m. Monday on ESPN. I, I think Bama wins. Slight edge over Clemson all year in terms of one, two powerhouses, whatever you want to call it. You would think that this isn't Deshaun Watson they're facing. Remember that game? How exciting that game was? Renfro from Watson for the win. Yep. I don't think you're going to get that type of magic in this one. I think Clemson keeps it close. I'm actually going to pick Clemson to cover. But Bam is winning another national title. I like Clemson. All the way? I think so. That part I'm still torn on. But I do like them to cover this spread. I was really impressed with what they did against Notre Dame. Um, Not that I wasn't impressed with what Alabama did. But I I think Clemson's going to be able to... I think Oklahoma... And Oklahoma's a great offense. But they showed that you could score on Alabama. And Clemson's got a pretty good offense, too. They've been blowing teams out. Trevor Lawrence is good. So I think they're going to be able to score. And I also think Clemson has a way better defense than Oklahoma does. So I am kind of leaning towards Clemson pulling off an upset. Is Trevor Lawrence, say he does, is he becoming the next Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, like consensus number one surefire quarterback? I mean, because he does have the size. He's got the size. He's got the arm. I mean, you understand why all those those quarterbacks transfer out of right. there. He's playing in because a, he's playing there two more years. Yeah, he's playing in a marquee program. Yeah. Just saying, Joe. Yeah, I like Clemson to definitely cover the spread and maybe win outright. Uh, Dabo Sweeney took a page out of Saban's playbook by getting the young quarterback into the game early in the season. You know, he's not going to wait until the second half of the national championship to get Trevor Lawrence in. He told uh, the the starter, Kelly Bryant, early in the season, I'm going with Lawrence. Um, It sucked because it hurt their depth. Their other starter, um, or their their third string guy, transferred to Northwestern. It's going to be exciting to see him next year. but like you guys said, balanced offense for Clemson. Two fifty six rush yards a game, two seventy four pass yards. I think that they're going to be able to get after um, 
Alabama's uh, defense a little bit, and you know it should be a good game. I- I'm I'm glad that we're seeing the best two teams. This is actually you know I'm in favor of the playoff, but this is basically what the BCS is: number one versus number two. Um, what everybody's been looking forward to. I think it's going to be a good game, but uh, Clemson covers the spread. Yeah, I agree. Uh, should be a fun game. Should be a fun weekend of football. Looking forward to all these games, and obviously Bears playing in a playoff game. Uh, it's big. We need to get out of here. We need to go to House Hall. We need to get more information for you to share with you tomorrow night on uh, WGN Radio. 7 to 10 Central Time. You can hear it. Hogan Johns going to the radio. It's a long show, so we'll have plenty for you. Uh, it's going to be fun. Consider it a bonus episode of Hogan Johns. Consider it three. There you go. Well, we do have to put commercials in there. That's yes. going to be the one difference. <laughs> um, again, for those of you not in Chicago, though, it's Central Time, 7 to 10, so adjust your time zone accordingly, and you can stream it, WGNRadio.com, the WGN Radio app, or on TuneIn. So you can, uh, plenty of ways to listen, and we definitely want to hear your phone calls uh, throughout the show. That's going to be the best part about doing this, is we can take phone calls uh, and talk to you guys live. So really looking forward to that on Friday night. Looking forward to the Bears game on Sunday, and we will, of course, have our normal post-game episode on Sunday as well. So you're basically getting us almost every day this week. That's a lot of Adam. Sorry about that, but <laughs> that's a lot of Adam. You know, I think Adam's had a good season. And it's not done yet. It's not done yet. All right. Follow us on Twitter in the meantime. Read us. We'll talk to you on Friday night on WGN Radio, and then again after the game on Sunday. Golly.